0: This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Hello. uh, What time is it? It's 6 a.m. In Kona.
1: So you're trying to be a little low key, is not trying. to wake
0: everyone. We're trying to be low key uh, on BYU Radio. Uh, we're not, though. Welcome to the Montu Show presented by <laughs> the Advocates Injury Attorneys. Check them out online at UtahAdvocates.com. And friends, I tell you what, um, when you get injured or you have an injury issue, obviously it's one of the uh, worst days of your life. You need somebody to defend you, uh, you need the ability not to come out of your own pocket. You shouldn't have to worry about things like uh, medical bills or upfront costs. That's why you go to the Advocates, Advocates utahavocates.com for a free consultation. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Boy, what a uh, weekend of college football it was in the great state of Utah. The domination of BYU. The pure uh, frustration. The absolute anticipation that never was for the Utes, the fifty-five nothing beatdown that Alabama put on the Ags—I I don't know that we could have asked for anything better uh, in the great state of Utah to kick off the football season. Jake,
1: no, I mean I think to come out with what, what was it your second play uh, and have a long play, a touch, a game-breaking play to get your first score. I, I don't think there's really anything. More that you could have asked, and I think that you know it's it's really interesting. Like today, we're going to get into you know the Pac-12 and the in the struggles of the of the, the Pac-12 this weekend, and in and, and that contrasted with the SEC, and and obviously BYU just coming out and you know doing what BYU does, getting off to a nice start, road grading you know uh, South Florida, just like we talked about, and, and and having execution at a really high level. So I think obviously it was an ideal start for BYU.
0: Yeah, I, I think the thing that stands out to me most about the BYU game,
1: and obviously
0: when we're talking about, um, you know, what we saw from from BYU, the offensive line's an absolute game changer. I don't, I don't know how you, um, in, in any other way, shape, or form, I don't know how you have any level of disappointment with what we saw from that entire unit. I mean, the the one thing that we talked about that was a must for BYU going into that game is that they be able to dominate in road grade through that offensive line. And I, the the other thing that stood out with that was I thought Pini Katoa actually played very well. I think we all knew what Chris Brooks could be, but I thought it was very interesting that, you know, you have so much domination up front. Um, And, South Florida, let's be honest, South Florida is not a pushover. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been easy, especially with the, the lightning delays and the yes. weather delays, um, the hydration issues we saw. It would have been easy to go down to Tampa and fold, and you could have justified that loss, but you didn't. You went down there and dominated, and frankly, I think, again, the only negative that I take out of this game, obviously the Puka Nakua injury, but right. the only negative I take out of this game is that you didn't score more points and you would love to have scored 60 points in this game. You could have probably done that. But my point is, I don't know that this could have gone any better for BYU. No, and
1: and I think that that the the part about being mentally tough and the part about, you know, you know, all the hurdles you deal with, you know, those those things that you were listing off, I think that's a huge factor and I think it really speaks to um a, I think it speaks to this whole sports science thing that they have going on in their program. You know, if you followed the team last week, Kalani spoke on it, Jaron spoke on it. Like, it was a big thing um, with them taking care of their bodies and, and everything that they have going on. But but I really think the mental toughness and the discipline part is at an all-time high for BYU. And I think that that is – it's great to see. You know, it would have been it would have been kind of easy, I feel like, to, to come out and have a real tough game and win this game by, like, a touchdown maybe and have it be a really tight – you know, game, frankly, an uncomfortable win on the road because of all this stuff we had to deal with and we just pulled it out and everything was fine, you know, but you didn't do that. You came out, you dominated, you did your job, you know, you ran by you ran behind the chance like you road graded this team, you you did everything that I would expect a a BYU team to yes. do. And, and, I, and I don't mean to wax poetic about BYU, but I just think they deserve credit for dealing with, uh, literally we're like sitting here in Hawaii trying to stream the game on ESPN and we're messaging with people and talking to people and we get yeah. four lightning strikes later, you know, and, and and then they're finally playing. And and so, you know, to be delayed, I think it was ultimately like two hours or whatever it ended up being. And there was just a lot that you had to deal with. And I, and so I feel like they deserve a lot of credit for that. And I'm, I'm really pleased with, with how they performed. Yeah,
0: I think one of the things that is also very interesting is That right side of the offensive line that you talked about, absolutely. Harris Lachance at guard is a monster. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just no other way to uh, categorize that other than he is an absolute beast in there. Yes, And I think that that makes a huge difference because I think when we saw Harris out last year and injured – um I, I it was a real loss for BYU, but you look at the rest of that offensive line and you look at the damage they did running over that right side and and I'm not saying the left side was weak by any you know measure, but you look at the right side of that BYU offensive line. I think you might have found something special there.
1: yeah, and I think that Harris is is his size. But his athleticism, I think, is what is special. You know, you you get somebody who not only can dominate at the point of attack, but he can get out in front of you and run down the field and knock dudes over. And I think that that ultimately is what separates an elite offensive lineman from just like an average Joe offensive lineman, you know, when you can get someone who's athletic for their size and can get out and run. And that's what we saw. And I, and I, frankly, I think Brooks deserves a lot of credit too. I mean, dude had a big game. I mean, he came out, made a great first impression. And I know that everyone was like, Oh, well, how are they going to replace Tyler O'Gier? And what's, you know, Tyler O'Gier's the greatest thing since sliced bread at BYU's running back room. Like, okay, dude, down. like, I mean that, but I feel like that's what we, that's what we heard. And, Again, all due respect to Algier. I know he did, uh, you know, broke records, set records, did great things. But that's in the past now. He's not here anymore. He's in the league now, you know. And I think that 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 Brooks deserves that opportunity to to be the guy. And frankly, I feel like he delivered. I feel like he he was everything that you would want him to be in his debut. So I I, I think again, I, I just think for BYU, you couldn't have asked for a better start. Would it have been nice to put sixty on the board? Absolutely. I'm I'm always a big believer in that. I'm always a big advocate of that for BYU specifically. Like, like the advocates. Yes, like the advocates. I'm an advocate. To, you know, .com. for for scoring sixty points a game. You know, when you can do that. Because how many times this year, with the with the schedule being as tough as it is, are you going to be able to do that? And so that's why I would have loved to have seen that.
0: Well, and I, I also think this sets you up now with Baylor coming in this weekend. You know, you're know you a three-point favorite at home,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which basically means it's a pick because you get three to be at home. Um, but I think now this sets you up for, A, a better ranking this week. Mm-hmm. I, I would be shocked if you're not in the top 20. Um, I think it certainly gives you that momentum that you're going to need because you're coming out of this game relatively healthy, it would appear. Um, You come out of this game feeling really good about the way Jaron played. Mm -hmm. For the most part, I felt like Jaron avoided the big hit. I felt like he avoided the big mistake very clearly. Yes, Um, And I think that's because they were able to do so much early. I mean, to have a 70-yard, 75-yard touchdown on the first snap of the season was absolutely spectacular. To have the defense get off the field. The one thing about the defense, though, we saw drop eight, rush three Mm -hmm. and that's a little frustrating for me
1: yeah I mean we specifically spoke on that last week and I think that you know you're not going to be able to just to just run this soft zone coverage type defense and think that you're going to beat a lot of teams I mean you're just not going to be able to do that and I think that that at some point and again we said this last week you're going to have to be able to play man you are you're going to have to do that and I think you know when you get to you know when you when you get to these bigger games when you get to notre dame after what you saw you know with them this week when you get to the 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 bigger teams on your schedule you have to execute and you have to be able to handle your assignment you've got to be able to win your individual assignment and i think that byu well i, I again i do like i said i love the performance this week i think that you know, you executed on pretty much every front, but to your point, the defense can't be running out zone schemes against no, some of the better teams on your schedule. Not. And and think that hey like our guys are always going to be in the right spot in, in their zone coverage because frankly a good quarterback someone who it, didn't do what what you saw this week against Bohannon like a good quarterback is going to exploit zone coverage a good quarterback is going to be on the same page with his wide receivers and those wide receivers are going to understand how to break the route off and sit into the sit into the open space and that to me is what is concerning so I just think that. At some point, BYU needs to show that ability. Now, I don't know if, if that was a scheme based on the fact that they were well ahead in this game and you were just going to play soft defense and keep everything in front of you. I could kind of understand that. But on the other side of it, I also feel like, hey, you were up by a ton. Let's see what you can do in man. And let's see, hey, it, okay, if one of our guys does get burned, that's a learning lesson. We're not going to lose this game. So I could kind of see it both ways. And I think that for BYU, it's... it's it's just a great way to start the season. Yes, there are things you can get better at. You know, Yes, there are things you can execute better on. But they had a hell of a week. And I, and I just think that, that you can't really ask for much better.
0: I guess I would just say that the things that stand out to me as far as asking for better. And this is a question that I think we're all going to have to be accountable for as the season goes on is how much of of what we're feeling today about BYU, and really I think Utah is in the same boat, Mm -hmm. how much of what we're feeling about BYU today is legit. How much of what we're feeling about BYU is hype? Because I am pleasantly surprised at how dominant the offensive line was. Mm -hmm. I am pleasantly surprised that one of the keys we talked about in this game Dominant linebacker play absolutely manifested itself. Right, I am pleasantly surprised to see, you know, the 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 both sides of the the ball carrying their weight, special teams carrying their weight, like everything went fine. You came out of this game pretty healthy. It looks like Nakua escaped serious injury, even though he was in a boot a precautionary. That could have easily been a broken leg.
1: Right. Yes. Um, I don't think there's anything. Yes, about and I that. think a lot of people thought it was.
0: Yeah. Right. right well, when it happened, I mean, I it looked one. pretty bad. I, for one, was really concerned for him. Yes, coming out of that. But how much of what you're feeling today, and and I would love to see this in the comments this morning, uh, as we talk BYU football here on the show presented by the Advocates Utah I mean, how much of what you're feeling today is legitimate when it comes to BYU?
1: Yeah, I mean, I look. I think that a lot of the a lot of the energy around the program is is emotion. I mean, you know, obviously week one, like you're you're there's a lot on the line this season. I think you know, again with, and you didn't know this before the game, obviously, but now what with what's happened in the Pac-12 and what we talked about last week with the Big 12, like coming out and making a statement, especially after Oregon got embarrassed and Utah lost a heartbreaker, like, you know, obviously the Pac-12 didn't have a great weekend. And I think for BYU, you know, you, you need to feel really strongly about the position that you're in, you know, so how real is what you're feeling? I mean, obviously I think it's, quite real i think that that you know a lot of people understand like hey yes we we had a great weekend like we dealt with adversity you know we went out a day early on this trip to execute and and deal with the humidity and deal with the issues didn't really see a ton of issues with cramping for for BYU and conversely again not to hate on utah we saw that all day against florida in the second half the third quarter was riddled with hey i got a cramp i got this i'm down on the field the game's got to stop like so I just think you have to give credit where credit's due. And frankly, if the roles were reversed, I'd be saying the same thing about BYU. If they had struggled with conditioning and, and hydration and how they feed their players and everything like that. So as far as how real are the feelings, like, yeah, I think the feelings are very real. I think that you do you should be positive today. You should be like, yes, we went out and handled our business. We put up 55 points. We won this game comfortably. Like, we executed. Yes, are there things on defense? I would like to see, you know, adjusted. Are there things on defense I would like to, to, to change a bit to kind of test us and see exactly what our medal is in, in straight-up one-on-one single high safety coverage? Yes, there is. However... That doesn't mean that you had a bad weekend at all. I just think that you should feel very positive today because, frankly, and we're going to get to Utah here in a couple of minutes. The conversation around Utah is not a pretty one. You know, it's not one that's that's real positive. I so, think the
0: conversation around the Pac-12 on the whole, yeah, yeah, um, is not positive. But look, I think with this this difficult of a schedule for BYU, man, this could not have gone any better. Yeah. And the 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 one thing I'll say before we get to everybody's comments uh, on BYU football the mental toughness is that one little attribute that I think we learned about BYU this weekend. Mm-hmm. That, that weather delay could easily have derailed this team. Mm-hmm. And when you saw all of those delays and you saw everything that BYU was dealing with, um, I just don't think there's any doubt that... And, and honestly, if we were sitting here today talking about, well, you know, you know, they lost 28-27 or, you know, they lost on some mental mistakes, the lightning delay, you know, you were ready, then you weren't ready, absolutely. Yes. Yes. We don't have to say that today because here we are with BYU coming through that with no excuses, making no excuses, asking for no excuses because they won the game and they won it convincingly. Mm-hmm. And I think that mental toughness is something that we've all questioned about BYU over the last three to five years, right? Nice. Like the the when you when you change head head coaches, and I think this is a critical point yeah. with kalani sitaki there's been questions about his willingness to stomp on people mm-hmm. there's been questions about his 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 football team's level of of what's the right word nastiness ruthlessness um yeah. like
1: ruthlessness, killer mentality like I mean you we've, know, seen, relentlessness. we've literally
0: seen opponents punch BYU football players in the face and they not defend themselves you know we saw that last year yeah. I don't think we're seeing that this year. Yeah. I think this is this this team showed some little characteristics whether it was hey putting the 50 points up, whether it was um you know being really tough, dominating the point of attack, running the ball, throwing the ball, mm-hmm. being explosive, running offensive sets in in formations, groupings, running patterns, route trees that we're mm-hmm. not used to seeing BYU run. Yeah. Maybe this truly is hey, we're not that little independent, you know, locomotive that could, you know, hey, can we get up the hill? Maybe BYU's at the top of the hill and maybe they realize, hey, we're going into the Big 12. We got to act like it now. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that really stood out to me anyway.
1: Yeah. And and look, again, I I think that, you know, you're starting to see, I feel like, you know, Kalani's program sort of, mature a bit and come up and I think that the the conversation around you know replacing your attrition every single year was kind of a struggle for BYU the first couple of years as yeah. it is with any coach when he takes over a program and you got to kind of build that thing and get your recruiting pipeline going and and I think now you're starting to see the fruits of that labor three four five seasons ago because now the cycle is in place for Kalani and so he's always got talent to work with he's always got you know the next Jaron or the next you know Jacob Conover or the next quarterback coming in he's always got the guys that he needs to go out and in and, in and, and do a job cuz frankly if I'm BYU mentally speaking I'm not saying to myself man like yeah USF is definitely a game that we should just kind of roll through they're no. obviously not saying that and 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 I think in the program what you're what you're ultimately saying is something around you know hey like we got to come out and make a statement week 1 like we don't have the opportunity to just kind of be you know average that's not how it works at BYU no. and, and we have to execute at a higher level and and again I just think I I don't mean to be like you know mr nice guy and BYU or wax poetic but I I you know, there would be an equal amount of hate for BYU if they had come out and laid a duck and lost by three points in a heartbreaker. Like that's like that's the reality of the
0: situation. That would have been a disaster for this football team. Yeah. I think if you'd have gone and I don't care how it played out, I think if you'd have gone to South Florida and lost this game, I think it would have absolutely been a disaster and just not something um that frankly you you could could have done or justified. I I just think that it's one of those things where you, this is what BYU had to do. Because again, I think overwhelmingly, BYU has to meet a much better bar. They have yeah. to do it bigger and better than Utah, than, than Weber. Like nobody, nobody's going to sh- you know, lose a, a, a minute of sleep that Utah State lost 55 nothing to Alabama. Right. Yeah. Nobody. Because it, that
1: was the expectation with all due absolutely. respect. Absolutely.
0: The expectation was that BYU would go to South Florida and win. Yes. I don't know that anybody thought they'd go to South Florida and dominate. I think you and I had it, in, you know, in the thirties to twenties. Yeah,
1: a much closer game for sure. I mean, I, I look. I think when you roll out and you open the game the way they open the game, I, I like it. It just sets the tone, especially yes. after lightning strike, lightning strike, lightning strike, lightning strike. Like delay, delay, delay. Like there was a lot of feeling of like man like we were again we were sitting around in the crib here in hawaii like hey we're trying to stream this thing and it's delay 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 and we start talking about like hey like what how ha- like how are their bodies going to react how is how was all of this going to work for byu because again it's not good enough to come out and struggle physically it's not good enough to come out and be you know, again, not to be harsh, but like mentally soft or mentally weak or not be mentally engaged. And that's why I say like I if you're a if you're if you live in Salt Lake City and you're you're a football fan and you're engaged in this conversation, there is a ton of of contrast within the, these two games for, for Utah and BYU. And I'm not even talking just from a football perspective. I think this conversation around conditioning and whether you should hit in camp and like how you go about it is a huge conversation for these two teams right huge. now. Huge.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. We're going to get to uh, Utah football here in 10 minutes, but let's get some uh, conversations going on BYU. Uh, BYU beats USF 50 to 21 Mm -hmm. in Tampa on a hot, humid Saturday late afternoon. Um, Just an incredible performance. Uh, Let's see. Eric and Raleigh says, uh, good afternoon from the East Coast, 7 a.m. Hawaii time. Well, no, it's 6 a.m. Hawaii time. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's lead with rainbow warriors football.
1: I don't think that rainbow warriors football is going to resonate with the fans here. The yeah. Listeners. I
0: mean, we yeah. contemplated it, but we have no idea if uh, they still play football. here.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not, know. not, not real sure. Um, you know,
0: you know, uh, Teddy Wayman says, good morning guys. Hope all, uh, y'all are enjoying your trip. Appreciate you, Teddy <sighs> Wayman sorry. brothers construction, a great partner on the show. um, You know. By the way, you need any work done in your home, make Mm -hmm. sure you call our guys at Wayman Brothers Construction, 801-654-1028. They're working on a huge project for us right now uh, that we should be able to talk about here in a couple of weeks. Um, But when you're looking for a contractor in the great state of Utah, Utah. make make sure that you call Wayman Brothers Construction, (laughs) 801-654-1028. And the other thing that I'll say to you is... Yeah, you, you no, we're
1: signaling to Mrs. Monty to help us with the little camera action here. Oh, okay. Because the yeah, ocean's you, a little white right, right now.
0: It's yeah. fine. Uh, anyway, the point is, the point is um, that Wayman Brothers Construction. Um, the thing that I really like about them is you you don't have to worry about your job mm-hmm. when you hire a contractor like Wayman Brothers, whether it's Elmer or Josh or you know Teddy Wayman doing your tile, like. I'm telling you now, you just can, you can write that check and understand when you hand that check over to Alma Wayman that you're, you're handing it to a guy who cares about your job as much as you do. And I think that's the one thing that really stands out. So, uh, Teddy, good to see you. Uh, call him today, 801-654-1028 for Wayman Brothers Construction. Uh, let's see. Matt Turley says, BYU might be the best team west of Texas. I don't know. Uh, there's that there's that little USC team in Southern California who looked awfully good against Rice. Now yeah. it was Rice.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what people are saying. Like, hey, there's expectations of USC and Lincoln Riley and that whole that whole situation. Obviously there's a lot of expectations. But people are also saying, hey, it was Rice, like, you know, you should have dominated them. And so I I think you gotta use the same logic, man. It's week one. Like, what would we be saying if USC had come out and dropped a dud? What would we be saying if USC somehow had lost the game which never would have happened but you know if they yeah. just hadn't lived up to it what would we be saying well we would be saying hey well you lincoln riley's a failure it's the worst move ever like everyone would be hating on him so that's why i say yes it was rice but yes you came out and handled your business so i uh, to the to the comment i'm not comfortable or ready to say that byu is the best team uh west of texas i think that byu is, is a is a really strong team right now and I think that BYU came out and did exactly what they need to do. I think teams like USC teams teams that had a great week, you know obviously Alabama, this is the week of, of warmups basically. This is the week where you where you unless you're Utah, I guess, where you play a lot of soft teams to get it going. and I think that that is that's just what it is right now.
0: Yep, no doubt about that. It's, uh, the Monty Show live on the Kona Coast in Hawaii this morning, talking BYU football. Uh, Nathan Sharp says uh, Matt Turley USC would outright beat them anywhere. BYU is good, but there are at least three teams better west of Texas. I don't think anybody's beating BYU handily. I think BYU, and this is, I think this is what we're seeing. Again, this is a lesson we learned last year, and I think one of the more impressive things that we saw in in Tampa over the weekend, BYU has the talent now. Mm-hmm. They're three deep, pretty much at every position. If 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 we, I mean, you look at the secondary, the linebackers, the wide receivers, mm-hmm. the running backs. Certainly, um, I think the way Jaron showed out this weekend was nothing short of spectacular. Like I think that that is to me one of the things that's really is really significant is that I think BYU can play with anybody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and anything that, that size up front is really what, what- allows them to be successful, um, mostly on offense, but also on defense. Like, I think that offensive line, man, is just impressive. The offensive line has size. It's got athletic ability. Like, it, it does everything that, that you would want your offensive line to do. And and I think for so long, you know, we've talked about, you know, the Nick Sabans and the Alabamas of the world. We've talked about, you know, these, these major D1 college football playoff every year teams having awesome offensive lines. And now it's great to see BYU has something like that. I mean, you have an offensive line that that last week was ranked sixth in the nation. I mean, that that's no joke. That That's pro that's football focus saying, hey, you have the sixth best offensive line in the country. And I just think that, that BYU is, is again, that recruiting cycle, that pipeline that is now built. You're getting that influx of talent every single year, so you don't have the option or the ability to, to have an off year anymore.
0: Yeah, and I think when you look at uh, exactly what, what this conversation's about is, is BYU a team that is You know, going to dominate all the time. They're not. They're going to have bad weeks. But BYU, in my opinion, and this is a conversation we had about going into the Big 12, this Baylor game next weekend is one that we've had circled on the calendar pretty much all summer, and we've been talking a lot about it for the last couple of weeks for for the very reason that this is a statement game. This Baylor game is a statement game for BYU. It's a game that Jerem was not healthy for last year in Waco. It's a game that really was a crushing defeat for BYU last year. The game's at Provo you're favored at home, you're coming off of a huge win against the South Florida Bulls. If you beat Baylor in this game, again, it's a chance to send a message. I would think, just looking at this early on, I would take BYU to win this game by 10. Mm -hmm. I think BYU will get a convincing win at home, and obviously as the week goes on, we'll talk about that. But this is another opportunity for BYU to show who they are as a football team, to send a message. Mm -hmm. To me, you cannot... You cannot ever pass on those opportunities. Now, hey, maybe the Bears roll into Provo and it's all good in the hood. Mm-hmm. I doubt that. It's elevation. Um, it's an ESPN game, it's a night game at, at Lavelle, like it's gonna be lit. The rock's gonna be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. This is a huge opportunity for BYU to make a statement. I think you have to win this game against Baylor, and I think you have to win it convincingly. Yeah.
1: And I think that the 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 conversation for BYU is consistent and it's weekly which is it's not good enough just to win a ball game versus most teams you know against Notre Dame it's good enough to win by three right in in Las Vegas for the trip that we're sending a, sending you on but when you're at Lavelle and you're playing a team like Baylor it's not good enough to win by just a field goal it, you you're going into the big 12 like BYU understands that BYU understands there's expectations and I think that you know, to, to, what did you say they're favored right now? By 10, I by think three. you should, Or by three. No, BYU is favored by three so, at home Saturday against uh, look, Baylor. I think that, you know, being, you know, you're essentially even because you get a couple points for being at home. Like, I think, yeah, I, I'd love to see a, a a 10-point victory. I'd love to see them pull away at the end, but. We'll get into it later in the week, but I do think you're correct. It's an opportunity to make yet another statement. And, again, you've been on the bandwagon of this is a tough schedule. I'm saying that that BYU handled their business this past week, and and I would expect nothing less um, against teams like Baylor because, frankly, I think that we need to stop saying, hey, well, Baylor is this great team. We need to start saying that, hey, this team – is, yes, obviously capable of beating BYU, but this is at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is a home game. This is everything you're looking for in the BYU football program. They should win that game, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I also think that there's quite a bit of of what's the right word, credence, mm-hmm. BYU has to prove a point twice as much as everybody else. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And by the way, I think this also plays into this situation with the Duke volleyball team. Mm-hmm. I mean, this story, and I don't, I don't know if you guys saw it or not over the weekend, um, but South Carolina canceled a home-at-home basketball series with, with BYU. South Carolina women's, the reigning national champions, Mm -hmm. canceled the home at home series with BYU over this situation with Duke that now it appears she either misheard or she didn't hear anything at all. I don't know. Right. But this story with the Duke volleyball player, I I mean, you're you're now starting to lose yourself business here. Mm -hmm. And the question is, do you have a perception problem? This game, this home game for, for BYU against Baylor Football on Saturday at Lavelle, is massive from a behavioral standpoint. You have to behave. You're, the rock has to behave well here. Mm-hmm. There's just no other way to go about this. And I think this now, at every BYU athletic event, this now becomes a point of attention. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do the fans act? How's the rock act? What's the language coming out of the rock? What, what, you know what are the activities? Because when the rock is lit and it's full, especially at football games, yeah, I mean it's just a it's a difference maker. Home field advantage for BYU is not something a lot of people talk about. I think it flies under the radar. Lavelle Edwards Stadium, especially at night, when you know when you you know whatever the color coordination is, or if you're striping, or mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't matter. But when you look at what what Lavelle Edwards Stadiums rep- represents, it's a huge home field advantage for BYU. But now the microscope is so trained on BYU fans based on this situation with Duke volleyball and how they acted and Mm -hmm. and these accusations and forget whether they're true or not, forget whether she made them up or not. Perception is reality. And now you are going to fight the perception that you're a bunch of racists and that BYU doesn't treat their guests well, Mm -hmm. which is a huge problem because it's simply not true. But the perception is always reality, and Jake, I think they have a perception problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, issuing statements after South Carolina, you know, canceled the the home and home saying that you were extremely disappointed in South Carolina is, you know, to me it's it's an interesting it's an interesting strategy. I I don't know that I would have said I'm extremely disappointed. I might have said something like Hey, we are disappointed in in this decision, but, you know, everyone has to make their own decision. We respect their decision. You know, whatever. I think I would have been a little bit more, you know, a little nicer about it. But overall, I think, yeah, you're right. Perception has always been uh, a reality for BYU. Take away all the incidents that have happened recently. If we just look in the big picture. BYU has always had a perception I'm not going to say an issue but there's always just been a perception about it because it is a religious institution it is it there it is the honor code it is <sighs> you know the going on missions and those yeah. those old white guys coming back to play football like we've heard that for years man this isn't new and i think now because of of what happened, or, or I mean, I'm or not it saying it's happen. fact or what didn't happen. Like because of the alleged incident that happened at the volleyball game, and because of what happened with BYU TV, you know, I just think that BYU is going through a time where they're dealing with some things, and. It always helps to win football games. So if I'm the boys in that football program, if I'm Kalani, certainly if I'm Kalani, I feel a certain inherent responsibility to be the absolute best I can be right now to to help the institution.
0: See, I agree with Josh Lovren. I think this is a really good point. And Josh is in Seattle, by the way. Uh, perception of major sports in Utah outside of the state aren't high or good. Here's when a conversation gets difficult it is absolutely here's where the conversation gets difficult because there's only there you're, you're never getting away from the duke volleyball incident now which is terrible it, as as we talked about last week i don't i don't believe it ever happened mm-hmm. i i think if that if that had happened there would have been evidence i think people would have come forward I, I just don't believe it happened i i, I don't want to get into the conversation of did she make it up i don't know what she did i don't know what was in this young lady's mind what I'm telling you is I don't believe that she was racially abused. I don't believe anybody was racially abused that night in Provo. The rest of the country does. And this plays into the stereotype we talk about that so often happens when it comes to BYU and the state of Utah that we're a bunch of white racists who, mm-hmm. don't, like, who don't like minorities. Mm-hmm. Some of that is true. We have absolute equality issues. This situation at BYU is unjust. it's unfair, and now you're going to have to do everything you can possibly do to overcome it. And that's going to require the entire BYU and Utah University of Utah families to come together and make sure that nothing like this ever happens again in this state. it just it, it, it can't happen. And it's really difficult to to get your arms around. Because you are you are never going to win the the battle of public opinion, right? Because no matter what happens with this Duke volleyball player, she is going to be believed by nine out of ten people just based on past experiences. Where with are we at in society? Well, today? with fans in Utah, you're that's just it's whether it's Russell Westbrook or any of the college situations. Yes. Like now, if if you're if you are Duke volleyball you're going to be believed more than BYU is going to be believed. And even though I thought Tom Holmo came out and and very strongly handled it, even though they came out and took the word of Duke and put a scarlet letter on this kid as a racist, even though there's no video evidence, even though there is no exculpatory evidence, even though there is nobody that's come forward, Mm -hmm. not a single person in the rock or the fan section or administrators or law enforcement or anybody heard it, saw it, witnessed it. There's no video evidence it happened and you know why it happened because perception is always you know bigger larger and and more real than reality is right and perception says this girl was racially abused whether you like it or not that's the reality of it well
1: and i think you know this girl was racially abused at a uh, a white conservative religious institution that's what the country narrative is i feel like hey like it's not just that yeah. she was racially abused as if that wasn't bad enough it's that hey she was racially abused and in the state of Utah at BYU, which is 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 you know from a you know national perspective a white institution. And again, I don't think that there's much more that someone like Tom Homo can do. Like I think you issued a statement, like you were very strong against it. Like you know your the the respective coaching staff staffs have issued statements. I I don't know what else you can do outside of, in my opinion, rolling out a program that that allows you to be seen as proactively. Solving you know what what the perception of a race issue might be at your school, like Correct. I think that would be to me that's what I would be doing. I'd be saying, okay, per like reality or not, the fact is is people think we have an issue with race at our school, so we're going to do x, y, and z to alleviate that perception, and every time moving forward that something happens, here's how we're going to handle it, and that's the other problem I feel like that doesn't get talked about. A lot of people are saying hey they mishandled the situation there's a lot of you know reporting about what exactly happened and the exact events of how things happened. that's the other problem here for byu and that's why i think you know i might even go as far if i if i felt so compelled to put together a a a video montage of what exactly happened and the exact times i mean we've seen that hell we've been Again, not to go down a political path, but that's what everybody did with with the, the, the insurrection stuff. Hey, video, 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 time, 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 day, day, day. If I'm BYU, I might go down that path just to say, hey, this is what we did here. You can see it. And that's what I will continue to maintain. If you have video and people can see it and it's not in dispute, you're fine. If you don't have video and, hey, we don't have video of someone calling her the N-word, that's a problem. Right. Because she's saying it happened, but you don't have any video. Evidence. Well,
0: and I, I also think that it is one of those things where you have to you have to consistently show passionate, aggressive behavior that doesn't cross a line. And I think this. Yeah, it just sucks. The whole thing sucks. Yeah. Let's just be honest about it. Um, because you're going to lose relationships with major universities like South Carolina, which would have been a great home at home. They're the reigning national champions. It's Don Staley. It's mm-hmm. and now that's not going to happen. And my guess is you're you're probably not going to see Duke in town anytime soon. Uh, my guess is that you're going to lose some relationships down the road, and it and it didn't have to happen. So we'll see. Let's get some of your comments in here. Um, <laughs> Ruff's official is talking about suing people. Like, I mean, what do you, Ruff? What are you gonna sue for? Like, Ruff's official says, "I hope this fan sues the crap out of the player, Duke and BYU." There's nothing to sue for. There is not. There is nothing on any level. Like that. That to me is exactly the issue here. Mm -hmm. You're gonna, you're gonna sue to perpetuate a situation, and exacerbate this thing when, when you just need to act. The fan base needs to continue to represent BYU well. Right. That I mean, that's the bottom line. I, I just I don't know. I, I you're just you're never going to get away from this volleyball thing, and it's it's quite tragic. Uh, Jerem Tracy says major media was quick to jump on BYU accusations, but have virtually ignored the latest details of the story, which is why the rest of the country thinks it's happened. As you said, Monty. Well, I think that's the reality of it. I mean, right. Uh, How many people are covering election fraud anymore? Well, we just had a Republican in Florida found guilty and, and, you know, sentenced over creating a fake candidate to siphon votes. But are we talking about are we talking about voter fraud anymore? We're not. We're not. I mean, like the perception is reality. Mm -hmm. The perception is reality, whether you want it to be or not. Um, the perception is is in your life, in fast food, in social media, everywhere you go, anything you do, you have a perception of something, somebody, a car, a human, a burger, whatever it is. You have a per- perception of what energy drinks are. they're terrible for you. Well, perception's not reality, but it is because you perceive it that way. b y u will always be a racist institution. BYU will always racially abuse young black Duke volleyball players. Mm -hmm. We know that's not true. The Rock is one of the the best student sections in the country, but now it's a racist student section. Right. That's the worst part of this. And the problem is, what did we see when this happened with the Duke volleyball player? We saw the tape of Russell Westbrook, Mm -hmm. and we heard about Russell Westbrook and how he was racially abused at a jazz game and... It's just this thing that just keeps on going.
1: The beast that keeps rolling.
0: And that's why I say, if you're at a game, and I don't care if it's a Jazz, Utah, BYU, Weber, Aggie Tears, whatever it is, right, wherever you are, and you hear something like this, you have a responsibility to your fellow Utahns to act because this is not who we are. And until we act in that manner, and until we do not tolerate this, this as Utahns, this is who we are. We have to actively, proactively take steps to debunk that. And we have to loudly call that stuff out because that's I'm telling you, that's not who we are. I know Utah. I love Utah. This is not who we are as a people. I think there's a certain sect of people who are that way, but that's in every state. Facts. That cannot define who we as a state are. Totally. Who we agree. as a populace are, who BYU is, who Utah is. It it just totally can't. Agree. It's not right. Uh, M. Morris says Seattle is about to lose the Seahawks. No. Uh, good luck getting the NFL to do that. Uh, Decaber 81 says justice is never served when it comes to race. Even if it didn't happen and the band fan sues and wins, the perception is already there. It will not change. Suing the fan suing? How are you going to prove defamation? Because that's what you would be suing for, I assume. I feel
1: like culturally speaking in our country, it, we're we're very much in a place where we're just like oh something happened well guess it's time to sue guess it's time to guess exactly. it's time to like jump into court and like and like go go after people I guess like remember who this guy is or this student is like this is a this is a UVU student right like this isn't some like this isn't Tony Busby we're talking about you know this is a UVU student who allegedly was involved in again go and read about it like there's some there's some evidence that says he isn't even in the area of the crime or the incident whatever you know i I just think we can't be so quick to be like oh yeah we're just going to sue everybody and and that's how this is going to work that that's just not i I feel like in our country that's where we are i feel like every day there's a new story about how someone you know connived the system and sued somebody in some ridiculous fashion to get a million dollars and that's just not how you fix this problem in my opinion
0: well, and DW2CB makes a, a good point. I forgot about the John Morant family situation. Yeah. But like, I'm not getting into CRT. There's, I see a ton of people, you know, saying that, you know, critical race theory is this or that. I'm not getting into it. That not on this show, not today. Uh, eight minutes from now, we'll have uh, Football at 50 brought to you by Papa Murphy's Pizza, so make sure you stick around for that. Uh, Tanner said, well, Homo had no choice, Jerem Tracy, because if he and BYU pushed back on these allegations, then it would have made their PR situation worse, far worse. It would have been like throwing gas on a fire, you know what I mean? It just, yeah, it, you don't have a choice. Uh, Sir Robin said, there have been podcasters, broadcasters have stepped up to our defense. So that's been, that's been cook. Okay. That's cool. Uh, Ryan Buckley says, good morning guys. Disappointed that Utah didn't get the win, but it's never over for Utah. Well, Mm -hmm. the Utah game was particularly disappointing because of why they lost. Um, I don't believe that, I don't believe that Utah got blown off the field. I don't believe, like I saw the BYU fans celebrating, talking about how Utah was outclassed. Utah was not outclassed. Right. Utah simply did not tackle. That's the difference in this game. Florida tackled, BYU, or excuse me, Utah did not. Utah missed so many opportunities to bring Richardson down for sacks. Yep. Like Van Filiger alone probably could have had three to five sacks more. Yeah. Um, you look at the, the run game tackling, um, how, many, how many times, how many times... Did Florida pick up an extra two, three yards because a a tackle wasn't finished? Um, Uh, Pick up a first down because a tackle wasn't finished. Like repeatedly, yes, repeatedly, Florida converting, Utah not. And then, I mean, Cam Rising throwing that interception, boy, that's tough. I mean, you're in a situation where you're driving to win the game on the road in Gainesville, and you simply threw it where I think there were all 11 Florida Gators who were just chilling in one spot in the end zone and he threw it right Are you out of your goddamn mind. Like it was that was one of the most frustrating moments I've had as a Utah football observer in some time.
1: Yeah, because you could see the magic happening. You could see that Cam was was taking him down the field. Like everything was great. You know, you could kind of see the drive coming together. And you're like, okay, they're gonna have a shot at this thing. They're gonna have, you know, this opportunity to to have this great win. And I think that... Throwing an interception in that moment, um, you know, just uh, again, the word is heartbreaking. I think that's the absolute correct word to use. And I think that that Cam is still a great quarterback. He made a mistake. You know, he turned the ball over. That's going to happen, you know, but I think that this was a big time learning lesson. And and again, I'm going to keep bringing this up because I think Utah dealt with it a lot. A, you struggled with tackling. Well, why do you think that is? Well, you didn't really hit a lot in preseason, right? Or in camp, I guess, as they say in college football. Right? Yep. You didn't really do a lot of hitting. You didn't really do a lot of, in my opinion, full contact tackling practice, form technique tackling practice. You didn't do a lot of that, and and then you combine that with the fact that they were clearly gassed in the fourth quarter. That that team was struggling with with major the cramping issues, cramping like physically was just struggling, and and so that's why I say, you know. Again, with all due respect to Utah, BYU did better on this trip. With with conditioning and and sports science and feeding their bodies and like being prepared yeah. in that way for this trip and I think that it will be interesting to see how Utah adjusts to that because you can't have on the road week one in in what in my opinion was a college football playoff implication game you can't have your guys struggling physically to do to play the game
0: well and I just go back to what Witt said when you have an opportunity to make a statement in games like this you got to make that statement well you didn't. And I think the hard part now is you've got a two-week run-up. Yeah. And maybe it's not the hard part. Maybe this is a good part. I don't know. I, I, most football players I know when they play poorly or lose a game, they want to play right away. Well, you've got two weeks to San Diego State. And mm-hmm. what I think is a massive football game. Now, San Diego State didn't exactly look great. Um, they ran into, by the way, would like to say I told you so again, ran into a really good Arizona football team.
1: I really don't care if you think it's us. Yeah. Told you. Yeah.
0: Um. You know, by the way, Tanner Plummer calling me out for being arrogant and self-aggrandizing you know, on Twitter. Person. That was probably smart. Uh, anyway, but the point is, um, yeah, Arizona's really good. Arizona is, and I shouldn't say really good, Arizona's vastly improved. Mm-hmm. Arizona's going to win a lot of games. They're probably going to be bowl eligible this year. Um, you know, I think what's really interesting is Utah's now got to go out and pound San Diego State. Yes. You've got to go out two weeks. It matters and light them up, and have zero mercy for San Diego State at at Rice Eccles in a couple of weeks. Because now everything's got to be bigger and better. That's the problem. Yeah, and absolutely. I think and one of the questions we're gonna we're gonna talk about here at Football Fifty is um, who's gonna have the better season, BYU or Utah? Mm-hmm. Because BYU's off to this great flying start. Utah came out with a thud. But I wouldn't I wouldn't write Utah off yet. I mean, obviously, what we saw last year, but they ran the football well. Right. There is no doubt about that. Tavion Thomas can run the football for this team. The offensive line was pretty good. I thought the offensive line played well. Mm-hmm. And this might be the first time we ever say this on the show. Cam Rising could have been a heck of a lot better than he was.
1: Yeah, and that's why I say I, I really feel like you know Utah was was. Just not their best. Like I felt like Utah wasn't tackling. Utah, you know, like Devon Bailey had a nice little game, but I didn't feel like they executed offensively speaking very well. Like you, you, there were things you could have done better. Like I'm not going to sit here and get on this. Anthony Richardson is the best thing I've ever seen train because that's what I feel like happened on Twitter. Uh, Everyone was like, "Oh well, Anthony Richardson did this and Anthony Richardson did that." No, what happened was is Utah didn't tackle. Utah missed him in the backfield it must have been seven or eight times where he breaks a tackle and runs for another 10, 15 yards. And you can't have that against guys like Anthony Richardson. That can't happen, man. And we specifically talked about that. And so I'm watching this game or we're watching this game and I'm just frustrated. I'm like, dude, like where, where did this Kyle Whittingham, we have the best defense ever conversation go? because that's what you needed to win that game. And you didn't have that. And that's why I'm telling you, like, as much as I like what Cam Rising can do in in his game and his leadership and the fact that I didn't really feel like he was rattled at all in this game. Yes, he makes the mistake at the end. But just overall, I felt like he was really composed, had his stuff together, was in a great place. Like, he performed fine. The defense is what lost them the game. That is the problem. Because you get to take away early. Listen to what you just said about Utah. The defense lost you the game. It wasn't that Cam rising through that interception. Yes, if they score a touchdown there, you still win the game. Okay, cool. You can make that argument. But what I'm telling you is in the big picture, you wouldn't have been in that position if you would have tackled the whole game or just tackled half the game and you would have executed defensively. You would not have been in that situation. So that's why I say... Don't talk to me about Cam Rising throwing interceptions at the end. Don't talk to me about cramps. Like, at the end of the day, this came down to you did not tackle, and they did, and they out executed you. And unfortunately, that means you're 0 1, and now you're, now you have, yeah, uh, I, I, like, that's what you're going to deal with. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. 10 of the hour, every hour football fifty presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use promo code Monty25 for twenty-five percent off your order of twenty-five dollars or more at order.papamurphys.com. Uh, and I think when you when you look at the lead on football fifty today, it's it is very telling that you were hesitant to say BY or uh, Utah's defense cost them this win. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that if I agree with that. They did not tackle well. I thought underutilizing Dalton Kincaid. I thought overutilizing Brant Keithy as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Because the other guy we talked a lot about leading up to this game was Devon Vale. I was a little I was a little disappointed. I think he only had three catches. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted more out of I wanted more out of the passing game and i think you got exactly what you needed out of of Tavian and i think you didn't get exactly what you need out of Devon Valey i think the passing game is where i would go here you need more out of the passing game you absolutely yeah. you absolutely need more out of the passing game i just think when you look at Devon Valey and you look at what you did not get man i think that's a problem
1: yeah and i think that you know we've had this conversation about Utah needing to 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 replace Britton Covey and his production and and where is that going to come from? Yeah, it's obviously front and center. But again, I, I guess the reason I I think it's the defense is because you were doing enough offensively, like you were able to move the ball. It wasn't like the the offense was struggling that much. Yeah, would it have been nice if Vele had a bigger game? Yeah, I mean that definitely would have been nice. It would have been nice to have, have an over the top threat. It would have been nice to to have that. Absolutely, but I. I still maintain with this program what do we know we know that Kyle Whittingham is a defensive-minded coach. We know that that the defense is is what stirs the drink here. Whatever we get from the offense, awesome, but our defense is what's going to hold. Is what essentially is going to put us in position to win ball games, and 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 so that's why yeah. I say I was just like, damn man, like how many of these tackles are they going to miss? How many times are you going to have you know are are you going to have first contact one yard past the line of scrimmage, and then their back gets five more yards? How many times is Anthony Richardson? going to get those extra four to five yards like that was the the struggle I felt like and so I I don't disagree that the offense needs needs some work and they're still working on replacing Covey but I I I think that the the you know this whole tackling thing I don't think it's going to be a constant problem I don't think that this is something that's going to persist but but they got to get it right and and I'm curious if if we'll see some adjustments you know next week well other way I
0: think <laughs> Mrs. Monty's trying to adjust the contrast on the camera right now during football 50 to, you know, pre- presented by Papa Murphy's pizza. Um, and I, I think one of the, the interesting stats um, is that you have a situation with Cam Rising where you, you know, he, he completed a, a high number of of passes, 22 or 32 is, is not a terrible number. Um, but when I look at it, when I look at Cam, um, and I see that Cam Rising's a guy, and again, I just am going on individual stats. Cam Rising's a guy who's 22-32, 216 for a touchdown and a pick. Tavion Thomas, 23 for 115 yards. That's five yards a carry. you got to get more out of the passing game. And I, I think when you look at this situation um, with Brant Keithy, Brant Keithy, nine catches um, for 105 yards. That's a big deal. Devon Vele, three for 36. I think you need more out of Devon Vele. Um, I think when you, you look at, you know, Micah Bernard with five for 31. Um, I think when you look at Dalton Kincaid, two for 29 receptions. Um, and now Jake is over there and he just darkened our face up completely. You know, he's trying, you know, he's trying anyway. But the point is that when you look at, you look at these guys, Um, And you see that there's just no balance in the Utah offense. That's that's what I would say. There's just not a lot of balance in in that offense at all. And I think it's one of those deals where Jake, you just you know,
1: we're working. We're
0: working. Well, you got to turn your mic back up. Yeah, we're
1: working on it. Sorry, it's our first time out here. We're working on it.
0: Yeah, tap the LCD screen to get us in focus. There you go. There we go. Um, I think it's one of those situations where you have to that's good you have to figure out i think how to get more balance in the offense jake yeah
1: absolutely and i and i think that that yeah overutilizing keithy is is not going to work i mean you have to Find a better solution, but again, that's where the Britton Covey piece comes in. I mean, you you had a guy in Covey who operated out of uh, out of the slot a ton and gave you that sort of that X factor where you could use Keithy as a distraction and he could not that he was taking a ton of plays off, but you know, like you you get that opportunity where, you know, you can get to the top of your route and you get that half step where you can you know, take that off and get that just that touch of rest. So then that next play, you can go out and blow your defender up. Like, I think those things within games really matter when you start to, when you think about, Hey, we're going to Florida on the road. And and we know it's the swamp. We know that it's going to be superhuman. We know that, that we're going to be fighting it physically a little bit. Like those, that's why having Vele is so important. And I think that we shouldn't just expect this guy to come out and, and be, amazing I would expect him to get better as the but season dude, goes I'm on I'm telling you like,
0: I'm telling you now you had better have a wide receiver that can can do the job you better have a wide receiver who can be a true number one that can step up and and and, and do what you need to be done because I think when you look at Vale, I love Devon Vale. I just think that there's a the, the situation becomes very clear to me that Devon Vale has to step up and he has to be better and I think that he has to be a guy that you target heavily, not a little bit, a lot. You've got to you've got to target Devon Vele as, as best you can because I just don't see any way, shape, or form that this offense is going to thrive unless Devon Vele th- thrives. Because you've got to have a guy in this league. I think we learned this about Oregon. If you don't have a guy that can take the top off a of defense, you can just go sit on the sideline. Because at some point, you're going to be in third and long. The defenses in the Pac-12 are too quality to to not have an answer in third and long. Mm-hmm. And it, and in my opinion, it is absolutely positively not Brant Keithy on third and long. Yeah. He's a he's a wonderful weapon. But I just can't I just I cannot believe that you you can't find more room in this offense for Devon Valle. I I just can't believe that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I th- and I think look, I, I think Overall, like I said, Utah has to execute better. Utah just yes. has to to come together as a team and and do better. Like I, I know that like that's a very simple and like you know armchair couch coaching take, but I, I think that's what Not it is. At all. I think we Not at know all. like we know what this team's capable of. We know that 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 Cam rising, it, it's unusual for him to turn the football over there. We know that they were battling, and I and that's why I say I'm not frustrated with the Utah thing because they lost necessarily. What, what I'm frustrated with is that you weren't, you know, you weren't able to perform at your best level with the circumstances and what you were dealing with physically. Yes. And I really feel like that held them back because I have no doubt about it. Utah is a better football team than Florida and and in my opinion Utah lost that game I don't think that Florida won that game and that's what I'm frustrated about
0: Football 50% by Papa Murphy's Pizza make sure you get to orders.papamurphys.com that's how you order Papa Murphy's pizza online download their app they have a super easy to use app that we use all the time um and again if you're a Papa Murphy's guy here's what I'd tell you order it ahead of time like if you're going if you want Papa Murphy's on your smoker tonight, because we all know there's no better way to make pizza then to smoke it obviously obviously um order it in the app right now you know on your lunch break whenever you're off pick it up on your way home they'll have it sitting on a rack ready freshly wrapped for you drop it on the smoker on your way home it's an amazing amazing dinner and i'm telling you trust me on this You got to try the chocolate chip cookies at Papa Murphy's because they are creme de la creme, baby. What is it the guy does? He drops the little salt. Yes. Um, Salt bay, Salt (laughs) bay. There you go. I'm telling you right now, get the Papa Murphy's pizza. I am a mozzarella. Mozzarella. Mozzarella, onion mix, green onion, mushroom with cheese, but you got to get the barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. Next time you order a Papa Murphy's pizza, Use the code Monty25, get 25% off your purchase. Use that code to buy yourself some some barbecue sauce. Because I think barbecue sauce on a pizza is amazing. Everybody says it looks much better now that you turn the lights up. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm working on it. You know, we're uh, we're, (laughs) this whole this whole light behind us trying to light this is is definitely a challenge, but I turn the lights up. uh, We're working on it. So all right. I appreciate that.
0: It is um, 11 o'clock in the mountain time zone. Lopes fan. Gabe's give it, gives us a $20 tip to say happy birthday, hey, Mrs. Monty. Let's go. Indeed. It is Mrs. Monty's birthday today. She is 67 years old. I should say years, years young. Um, you know, the wrinkles are setting in the skin is sagging, but we all still love her. Right. Uh, so happy birthday to Mrs. Monty. Gabe, appreciate you pointing that out. Uh, a lot of football talk on the show. Uh, today, obviously, reacting to BYU and Utah, right here on the Monty Show, presented by the Utah Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. The Advocates are your presenting sponsor of the Monty Show. Check them out online, UtahAdvocates.com, and listen. If you've been injured, if you've been in a wreck, if you've been in a car accident, a motorcycle accident, you know, if you've had injuries that are not your own doing, I would tell you, get with the Advocates right now. Um, there is there is no reason for you to be struggling through this process because when you're injured and you need a lawyer, you've gotta have an advocate. And what that means, what is an advocate? An advocate is somebody that fights for you, that you can count on to be in your corner when you need them most. They're gonna do that by, hey, you don't have to pay them anything upfront. Their consultations are free at the, the advocates. Um, there is never an upfront cost, out-of-pocket cost to you. You don't pay until the advocates win your case. It is zero risk. And the thing I really like is when you've been in an accident, obviously, you're in a really difficult time. And maybe you don't feel like talking on the phone. Maybe you don't feel like, hey, do I know these people? Well, maybe you don't. But what you can do is get on their website and you can actually chat with an attorney on their website, utahadvocates.com. Go check it out. The advocates are your advocates. The best injury attorneys, the advocates, Utah advocates. .com. BYU gets a big win in South Florida. Utah gets a bad loss in Northern Florida. And in, in Gainesville, they lose to, to Florida. So if I asked you, Jake, who's going to have a better season? BYU or Utah?
1: I, I would still go with Utah. I think that Utah is going to show this ability to bounce back. I think that Utah is is really in a in a place where you know they obviously had a long trip home and they're going to think about this yeah. one and they're 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 going to be motivated by it and i think that it's not lost on anybody ute fans or program wise it's not lost on anyone that hey this is still a team that can get to the college football playoff but frankly you're going to have to go you know no losses the rest of the way frankly and i think that's a big ask and and you know that would be a huge accomplishment but again I can't put it past this program after what you did last year. I can't put it past this coaching staff after what you've done the last several years. And I think that's why I say when we look at, Hey, who's going to have the better season? Well, if the goal is to be in the college football playoff, I got to go with Utah. You know, frankly, I just, I, I just have to, I think, you know, I need to see BYU against, you know, the Notre Dames and the Baylors and the Arkansas. I need to see, can you play man coverage, single high safety across the board and send more? Like, can you do that? Can, can Jaron Hall not take another big hit, which he continues to like to do in football games, which I will never understand, you know, like, like I want to yeah, see. There were a couple of, yeah, there were a couple of nerdy We ones. had We
0: were watching the game and we were like, uh-oh. Yeah, and
1: it just was like, dude, like, yeah. please get up, and I and I, I don't want you know Jaron to go out in Week Five again or whatever it was last year. Like, I want and frankly need Jaron Hall to to be healthy the whole year. So, who has the better year? I think it's Utah.
0: I think it's probably Utah as well. If I had to go right now, but this this next month is going to define that, obviously. But when you look at the Pac-12, this is I, I think something else that is is really important. You look at the Pac-12. That Oregon lost at Georgia. My yes. God, yes, my God,
1: embarrassing.
0: Oregon did not belong on the field with the Georgia Bulldogs. It they were never in that game. They they never, they never gave you the feeling. Georgia never gave you the feeling that they were going to compete or win that game. No. Never not. I mean, not on a single play. They were not competing in any phase of the game. Defense, offense, special teams. It's Georgia really despicable. was. Yeah, Georgia was the superior team, and. I don't think this this matters in the grand scheme of things when it comes to, hey, is Oregon joining the Big Ten? I don't think that's part of this discussion. Mm. But if they keep having games like this, mm. and if Oregon keeps going through the season and they keep looking foolish, I think there's a chance that this becomes a problem now. And well, this respect. is well, with all due respect is correct. But this is about the worst time for Oregon and Utah to drop big games, national yes. TV games. Yes. This is not helping the Pac-12. Well, when and, you look
1: at the opportunity they had, I mean, you 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 can you compare the opportunity to what you put out. And now you're oh. like, hey, like we look like idiots. We yeah. look like we. I mean, yeah. you. I mean, obviously Oregon more than Utah, of course. But but either way, the narrative is, hey, the Pac-12 had a rough weekend. You know, your best teams both lost to 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 the SEC, and I think that. That's what that's what you can't have, and and so to me, I, I, if I'm being honest, that's what I was thinking about watching the Oregon game while we waited for 15 lightning strikes to delay BYU. <laughs> like I'm sitting here, like, dude, Bo Nix is not that guy. You know, Oregon is not that program this year, and and that's why I say. Yeah, last year, Oregon, you went on the road to the shoe and you beat Ohio State. Neat, that's last year. Nobody cares about that anymore. You just got schlacked by Georgia.
0: And I think, like, if you look at Utah State just getting purely dominated by Alabama,
1: mm-hmm. eh.
0: Does it matter? Not really. But, you look but at, I think
1: it's really important. Why doesn't that
0: matter, though? This is important. Because I think Phil Knight isn't the one outselling Utah State. He's the one outselling Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at Oregon, they expected to win that game. I you think know. maybe expected to win that game is strong. I mean, that's the reigning national champions that you're talking about at Georgia. But right. you expected to compete. You yeah. did not expect to go out and get humbled and embarrassed. As, as a Duck fan. I, I just don't think you could have seen that coming. I, you know what? I think it's one of these things where you look at what happened with Oregon, the timing couldn't be worse. You look at, you know, one of the guys we probably should talk about more is Devin Lloyd because, you know, Mahmoud Delabate didn't exactly impress. He's not yeah. somebody that, that – I'm not blaming Dallabate for the loss, but I think when you look at the middle of that Utah defense, you have some questions to answer there. Um, I think Utah and Oregon losing in that fashion doesn't help. And by the way, you USC coming out and absolutely throttling rice doesn't help Utah. <laughs> because you look at what's coming up the weekend of October eighth in Salt Lake City, when it's USC and, and Utah, that's a must-win game for Utah. And today I don't feel so good about that game.
1: Yeah, I think if you're Utah, you're 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 saying, Hey, we need to like we need to be ready for USC. Yeah. Like would anyone and again Credit where credits due. You've been saying USC would be a problem, and I, and I know it's only week one. It's rice. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But if USC comes out and rolls again, then don't you have to throw them right into the mix of college football playoff? Like we're right back in this thing. Like you have to do that because it is USC because it is Lincoln Riley, and and frankly. I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year we were talking about yet another average, you know, NFL prospect in a USC quarterback winning the Heisman. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. And so that's why I say, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but also let's not be surprised because Again, USC has that brand power, and if you're the Big Ten, like if you're the commissioner of the Big Ten, if you're that conference, and you know that that you've got this $7 billion rights deal with the ability to escalate it to $10 billion if you were to bring schools like Oregon and Washington, how much does this schlacking matter to you? Like, do you care, or is it more of a TV, media rights, numbers game? That's what I'm really curious about. Like, how much does that loss affect decision-making my feeling is is it probably doesn't affect it too much but it certainly doesn't help it would have been nice if the Big Ten could have said yeah hey look that crown jewel of a Nike school in Oregon just went out and lost by one field goal at Georgia that would have been cool to be able to say that but unfortunately we don't get to do that
0: yeah and I think you look at USC putting up 66 points on Rice um and you and you quickly realize that you know, Lee Gentry, Bullock, Williams, I mean, just absolutely dominated for that defense. And you look at Caleb Williams running six times for 68 yards, uh, throwing for 249 and two scores, yes. taking the rest of the game off. That's everything you wanted. If you're Lincoln Riley, if you're a Trojan, fight on, brother, because you're feeling brother. pretty good. That, brother, you're feeling pretty good this morning about that. Yes. And, and, you know, the thing I would say is that, you should go to Barbecue Pit Stop in Utah, any of their five locations, Brother. including Layton, Lehigh, Logan, St. George, and of course our good friends at Salt Lake City and Murray. Uh, we have this last week for you to get into their, sto- their stores, enter to win our trip to CYU and Notre Dame. By the way, by the way, Irish up. Bless up. Anything you want to say about uh, Notre Dame after <coughs> making a jackass of yourself the other day on the show, <coughs> saying the Notre Dame was going to get lo- you know lost by eighty nine points? I believe you yeah, predicted one hundred six to forty one would be the final score. That the Buckeyes would <laughs> <didn't> score a hundred. <laughs> I and mean, what I have to say to you is suck it. Hey, like, listen, listen. I Irish. was partially
1: right. Brian Kelly lost this weekend. Did I not say that Brian Kelly would lose? You did. What an idiot. By the way. <laughs> No, on, you're not going
0: to distract me. What? Notre Dame showed out. They showed. What did I tell you? That defense is full of NFL <laughs> prospects. Right? Yes, I, you I did told say you. that. You I said, that. said, I'm smarter than you. Right. I'm better looking. Right. My my woman is hotter than your woman. Right. Like, all the I'm things. Real. Yeah. The, all the things we know are true. And Notre Dame is going to compete. And they damn near, well, no, this is a lie. They damn near beat Ohio State. Y'all feel me? But that game played out just the way I told you it would. Notre Dame was in it late. Ohio State decided to be Ohio State. They stuck that Buckeye where the sun don't shine, and they pulled away. Notre Dame acquitted themselves quite well. Thank you very much. (laughs) You know, I mean, Ronaya, be damned.
1: Uh, (laughs) By the way, by the way, oh, my God, did
0: you see the (laughs) meme? Did you see the meme? (laughs) The meme of Ronaya's head on a Utah football player? And the, the caption was when you get catfished into believing that Utah is a top ten team.
1: Boo.
0: And it's Ronaya's head on. Bro.
1: Bro. You need they need to chill out with that, bro. Cold blooded.
0: And then, of course, the I mean the cherry on top of the Sunday. The Sunday. The the you know, the dessert for your prime fillet. Right. The, you know, six foot blonde to kiss you goodnight. Right. Was Brian Kelly <laughs> losing out of blocked extra points? <laughs> what a dick! Uh, yeah, how about Brian Kelly and his made-up Southern accent getting throttled by Florida State, only to right the ship, cause a turnover on the goal line by Florida State, march ninety-nine yards down the field, yeah. score the touchdown. You're down one point. Well, we're going to kick the extra point. Well, you tried, and then Florida State blocked it to win the game. Suck it, Brian Kelly. There are a few coaches on this earth who I wish to never lose a game. There you go. Brian Kelly's not one of them. I hope he loses every game that he ever coaches. Yes. I cannot wait to see him get railroaded out of being at Ogeron's replacement. Mm -hmm. Like, I I look forward to that. Having said all that, make sure you get to our – Good friends at the Barbecue Pit Stop, BBQPitStop.com. Um, Chris Carn, our good friend, Chris Carn, went in. Apparently, they no longer have the Italian seasoning in the stores. What? Jake and I, uh, Chris Carn, was texting what? me the other day, our good friend Arlington Bears, and he was saying, well, they don't have the Italian shophouse seasoning in store. They say they only sell it at Walmart. Well, let's get a couple of things straight. When I'm not in Hawaii, because I actually was at Walmart yesterday, <coughs> when I'm not in Hawaii, I never shop at Walmart. I just don't. It's not something I'm due. Our
1: I'm, reliance on the internet is incredible.
0: We'll talk about that later. Uh, I did not I and mean, was not aware that Walmart even had Kinder seasoning. Apparently, they do. If you can get your hands on the Kinder's taco seasoning, any in the Kinder line that, that really barbecue pit stop sells. And if not Kinder, they have every seasoning under the sun. Yeah. Make sure you check them out online. Every rub, spice, sauce that you need. Get into their stores. It's in stock. You want it. They got it. Absolutely. Um, and they have every all every one of the best smoker and grill that you can imagine, whether that's a Yoder, a Traeger, a big green egg. By the way, two of our listeners now have won uh, Traeger Smokers, their weekly giveaway. Yes. Get into barbecue pit stop. Look for our beautiful faces. Well, my beautiful face and Jake's also ran face. That's right, T. Uh, on the uh, counter, on the enter to win box. <laughs> For the BYU drive away to see BYU and Notre Dame uh, in the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. It is all presented by Barbecue Pit Stop and our guy Devry Davis. Good old Devry Davis, our uh, good friend. I'm telling you, man, the mortgage industry is crazy right now. You need a friend in the mortgage business. It's Devery Davis. You're listening to The Monty Show, my favorite peeps. I'm Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer, you don't know what you're doing, you bought multiple homes, second homes, investment properties, multifamily, we've got you covered. Our office consists of everybody it takes to do your loan, from processing to underwriting to dock departments. We do it all right here. We're not waiting on Tucum, Carrier, Walla Walla, Washington to answer an email. We take care of it here. The housing market's changed. Prices are dropping. It's the greatest time to buy a house. There's no such thing as a dumb question. If you have any questions, you give me a shout, I'll walk you through it. Have a great day.
1: Tell my money guys I said what's up.
0: Yo, what's, what's up, up Devery? Devery? good to see you, my friend. Devery Davis um at the davis lending team 801-543-9666 nmls number 278-545 Devery davis is an equal housing lender all right let's get to your comments um rod smith gives us a ten dollar tip to say uh where was the vaunted byu secondary probably not as good as they wanted to be
1: well and i don't know what you're what you're referencing i don't know if that's you're saying that we said they were vaunted we didn't say they were vaunted we were specifically talking about last week how they can't be playing, you know, drop 8 rush 3. I mean, you can't you can't do that. And we specifically had those conversations and I think that you know, again, I think that BYU executed mentally. You know, you you physically you were fine. I think that the defense, yeah, to your point, there's still some questions. We still need to see the, hey, I can play man across the board and, and not worry about giving up an 80-yard game breaker. We need to see that out of BYU, absolutely. But I think you should feel good about yourself today if you're a BYU fan. But wait,
0: what do you mean where was the vaunted secondary? Well, the vaunted secondary was chasing Max Thule down the field when he when he had his pick six. Yeah. So I would say that's where the vaunted BYU secondary was. This was a great performance. You feel great about this game if you're BYU. You're going to watch a lot of film. Would you like to have seen um, you know, more interceptions? Would you like to have seen a better performance? Sure, you would like not to give up 21 points. It's a college football game. You're going to give up 21 points. But I think when I look at the numbers coming out of this game um, and I look at Jerry Bohannon scoring You know, or going 17 of 30, barely 50%, 172 yards, a QBR of 7.2. I'm going to say the secondary handled their business. With all due respect. Yeah, with all due respect that you only gave up 279 yards. I'm going to say that the secondary. Did their you know handled their business? That your leading uh, rusher had 39 yards and averaged 3.9 yards a carry. Yes. I'm going to say you handled your business. That your leading receiver and now, granted five catches, 113 yards, but did you give up a receiving touchdown? You didn't. I'm going to say the secondary handled their business. I don't think you have a whole lot to complain about with BYU. I, I'm going to say this again. I really don't. Uh, Tanner Plummer says they're going to do a live stream at halftime of the BYU Oregon game. Okay. Uh, M. Alvarez says, "Are you guys going to do a draw on a live stream? Um, I don't know that we'll live stream that draw at Barbecue Pit Stop. We're giving the trip away at the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about that event next week. But we're going to have Papa Murphy's Pizza. We're going to have wings there. We're going to have smokers fired up. Uh, we're going to do our football Saturday show there. Um, and then we're going to watch BYU and Oregon. And then at the halftime of BYU and Oregon." We're going to give away that. We're going to pull the winner, and hopefully Steve from Barbecue Pit Stop will be able to join us on that one. Yes. And he'll actually pull the winner out of the hat to see who wins that trip uh, to see BYU and Oregon, uh, or excuse me, BYU and Notre Dame at the Shamrock Series of the halftime of BYU and Oregon. So we'll see. By the way, don't you feel a lot better about BYU and Oregon after the Georgia Well,
1: game? I mean, don't you have to? like? And, and this is kind of what I'm struggling with today. I'm I'm wondering, you know... How should I feel about teams like Utah? How should I feel about teams like Oregon? Should I like like with Oregon specifically, I don't feel great that they're going to bounce back. Like I know that that yeah. sounds kind of crazy. Like you just got your ass kicked in Georgia and and you're you're sitting here like, "Wow, like how do we even come back from that?" Like how do we I mean, that wasn't uh, uh, just a clinical like they were better than you type performance. They and,
0: got dominated. Like,
1: uh, like Bo Nix, like not impressed. Not impressed. Like thought thought Bo Nix was better. very
0: or Auburn Bo Nix. Yeah. Like, he was not impressive at all. Their defense. I mean, their def- There were a lot of snaps. Their defense just didn't compete. Yeah. I mean, plain and simply put, their defense didn't compete at Oregon, which is shocking. Um, and maybe Mario Cristobal is 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 a better coach, and we were giving him credit for. I don't know because they were horrible. Yeah, like they they were really really bad.
1: Really disappointing. Uh,
0: Mac, Myson since we're on the the topic of food, just thought I'd drop in with some facts that Whataburger is better than In n Out. What
1: the fuck are
0: you? Okay. okay, that's a fact.
1: I'm going to give you another chance. No, you're not. I'm going to give you another chance to come into the comments section and correct what you just said, because I know you didn't just say that Whataburger is better than anything, because yeah, it's not. It
0: is. Whataburger, no, it's but, not. It's not. How many Whataburgers have you had? Like 10. No, you've had one. Well. You've only had one. How yeah, many times have you eaten there, do you think?
1: Probably twice. Maybe. How many but, times have you eaten it in and out? Plenty of times. 100 probably in my life yeah probably
0: i've had more whataburger than you and i'm telling you the bun at whataburger is better the meat is no, better no. the shape of the is better no. and the french fries are certainly congratulations better. but that's bullshit. all of that to say that what uh, i'm telling you in n out burger is one of the most overrated brands in the history of really crappy fast food okay okay i feel better now yeah good i good. feel better now i i do apparently tanner plumber is setting policy on the show Tanner said they're going to do a live stream in halftime of the BYU-Oregon game, M. Bryce. That's when they're going to draw the winner. So we're doing a live stream now. Did you and Tanner talk about something <laughs> I was I was unaware of?
1: Um, No, we did not. Okay. We did not at all, actually. Executive
0: producer Tanner Plummer.
1: I don't have much uh, to say.
0: Matt Turley said, I think Arkansas is going to be the hardest game for BYU this season. They look good week one against a solid team. Yeah, I agree. Arkansas did look good. Yeah. And I think Arkansas – and maybe I'm not the only one sounding the Arkansas alarm anymore. That team, I mean, you watch that team last year. That's a team that competes every single snap. Yes. They want to blow your head off every snap. And I think they, they absolutely oh, showed that.
1: Frankly, I'm, I'm glad that, 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 that BYU is going to see the SEC again. You know, I think that that's, that's really important. And, and they've been, you know, Tom Homo obviously has been, I'm sure, working hard to get a quality schedule built for the football program and Look, I just think that there's a lot to play for this year, you know? And and I know that, that we talk a lot of BYU on this show, and, and I don't want to come off as someone who certainly is a BYU fan because I'm not, but I just am going to keep saying it. You couldn't have asked for a better start. Jaron's healthy leaving that game. Most of the team is healthy leaving that game outside of Puka, obviously, and, and I think that, that you're you're just in a good spot. Like, you're in the spot that you really would like to be after week one, and, and I, I I was expecting, obviously, Utah to to do better and for Utah to kind of be in a similar position. Unfortunately, they're not there. That said, adversity is, is what is the saying? Adversity is opportunity being born or whatever the great corny saying is. So, you know, hopefully they can bounce back. But I just think that BYU executed. BYU handled yes. the business. And they deserve a lot of credit for that, especially yeah. with everything they had to deal with.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's one of those things that you can't, you can't undervalue that. Uh, Matt gives us a $2 tip to say people forget Tim DeRuiter left for Texas Tech. Yeah. I mean, he was the defensive coordinator at Oregon, and that Oregon defense is not the same. I mean, I, I, obviously, when you lose a guy like Mario at, at Mario Cristobal at Oregon, you're going to have wholesale changes on that staff, and that, that very clearly happened. Tim DeRuiter is a guy that, that was a, a lot of people believed he was the glue guy. Um, for a lot of those players at Oregon, and I think I think you're seeing that these are this is not your same old Oregon Ducks team. This team, and they're talented. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Oregon's always going to have talent. They're always going to have athletes, but I think this is one of those situations where you're really going to have to figure out, you know, who your leaders are. You know, like it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a big question. Tachini Man says you have to try Blake's Lotta burger with hatch green chilies if you're brave.
1: I saw it.
0: Okay. Hatch Green chilies is a Mrs. Monty specialty. Like, that's, that's yes, a Mrs. Yes, Monty yes. thing for sure. Rod Smith says running game was not impressive in the last two quarters. Rod Smith, who are you talking about? BYU? Matt um, Morris says it's a good idea. Uh, DW2CB says Tanner Plummer on the payroll. I yeah, think, I mean, I think I, so. you, know I, you I, know,
1: I look, I mean, I, it, do, you, do you want me to just kind of retire and, and, go, and go snorkeling? Because, I mean, I could do that. You know, if you Look want at you all of a tanner. sudden turning
0: into a fish here at 23 yes, past yes, the yes. hour. It, it, you know, 11.23 mountain time, and all of a sudden you're telling me now, what are you, some bluefin tuna?
1: Yeah, I'm a tuna. You know what I mean? You're a
0: harpoon face? Yeah. I'm for real. That's I'm sorry, did you said.
1: say harpoon face? Yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> you know, like, what's the fish with the big old, the, not a swordfish, but a... Uh,
1: yeah, a swordfish. Yeah, I have a sword.
0: Know, a sailfish, whatever you call it. Yeah. Uh, You know... Anyway, my point is... Harpoons and stuff. Yeah, that's what they said about me. Um, <laughs> my point is... Yeah. My point is... What are you, all of a sudden, like a fish
1: guy? Yeah, I mean, I it's... I mean, you got out own, in, right.
0: You got out in Kealakakool Bay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you don't snorkel for a while and then you snorkel that first time. You just got to get the rust out first. But you also you know?
0: have a big fear of the ocean, right? Yeah, I
1: mean, the ocean is... The ocean is definitely... I'm more of a stay on land kind of guy, but... You know, snorkeling's not bad. Where there's a big, obviously the oceans behind us. I mean, why not, right?
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, the Monty Shield presented by the Advocates Utah Chris P says, "I bet Oregon wishes they would have upped the offer for Kalani." I, I think it would have taken a earth-moving vehicle-type machine to get Kalani out of prison. I don't think he wanted to. Tanner says, "LOL, yep." I'm the executive producer. Uh, Alex Chacon says, any jazz talk today? No, but jazz talk tomorrow on the program. Yes, sir. Uh, generally, Mondays during the football season are going to be very heavy NFL days. Very heavy NFL, well, NFL days.
1: NFL and college football reaction. And, you know, there's yeah, a lot, there's a I lot said, to talk about.
0: I, yeah, I meant to say very heavy college football days and NFL news as well. Uh, so, Alex, appreciate you asking about the jazz. By the way, did you hear the jazz traded Donovan Mitchell?
1: Did you? Do you guys know who Donovan Mitchell is? I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure that I've heard of him. Um, How about
0: like some – I can't remember who was like, you guys didn't even go live. The Utah media sucks. And Garcy. And Garcy, that's N-Garcy. right. And Garcy. Good to see you, And Um PD says, Rod, you have, you have the game one. You play two and third – second and third stringers to avoid injury. I agree with that. Yep. Uh, let's see. Boyd Lake. Now, Boyd Lake is a respected, valued member of the I family. I swear to
1: God, Boyd, you come in here talking about...
0: Whataburger dominates in and out. Can't compete with the sweet buns. <sighs>
1: come on, guys. Now, first of all,
0: Boyd, I cannot tell you how many of the lady persuasions have said they can't compete with my sweet buns. Donnie, please. I would agree the bun at Whataburger makes it. That The fry okay. sauce is better at Whataburger.
1: Yesterday, quick story because we're talking burgers. We had to make a Walmart run. And on Hawaii, for those of you who've never been here... It's like a half hour to get to Walmart. On, the on way, Kona. Yeah, on, on the, Kona.
0: Specifically Kona, you have to like have a Harrier jet or a transport
1: helicopter to get anywhere quickly. So on the way to Walmart, there's a jack-in-the-box. Now, we didn't go to the jack-in-the-box. We made a business decision not to go to the jack-in-the-box. No, in the
0: Box. no, no, no. Don't say we made a business decision. You, sir, Come you, on, sir, bro, made bro. a business decision.
1: How did I make a business decision? Because
0: you're the one who said, no, we're not doing it. I'm the one who said, I'm fat, I need tacos. You said, well, you are fat, and that's why we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. Air well, was- let's go, schlep rock. Okay, so so the internet here is not great. Right. So we needed an internet cable. We knew that. So we were at a wedding. The wedding ceremony, do do you, do I, we do, okay, I do, okay, great, power bested me, awesome, take some pictures, okay, cool, let's go feed our faces, all right, we're going you know, to go across on a lunar journey. Uh, we got in the Dodge uh, Caravan that really doesn't caravan anywhere because no. it barely makes it up the mountain. <laughs> the rental car game is a scam as well right now, Dude. but um, so there is a Jack in the Box here on Kona, and so I was like, well, you know what we could do? We could get the internet cable, stop by, you know, Jack, Jack the, box, the Box, get that uh, ultimate cheeseburger hey guys. and uh, truck it back to the crib. And Jay's like, no, we shouldn't do that.
1: Now, what did I say, though?
0: You're fat, and we no, can't have I you eating. No, I didn't call
1: you fat. Okay, big bone, same thing. Okay, you, you know, I believe what you said. is I, not. It's different.
0: I believe what you said is you're you're a rotund mf'er with glandular glandular issues. We need to not eat that stuff.
1: Okay, I don't know about glandular issues, but what I said was <laughs> is that I didn't want the mustard popping out of the burger onto our shirts that we wore at the wedding and leaving evidence. I did so have a hundred dollars shirt risk. on. I did have a hundred dollars shirt. It was shirt bright on. pink. It was fabulous. I loved it. it and the last thing I wanted okay, was okay. Ultimate Cheeseburger it Mustard was not on pink. the breast pocket. It was fuchsia. Okay, it fuchsia. It was not pink. Jesus. Fuchsia. What are you, a fashion expert now?
0: Fashionista. Jeez. Anyway, the yes. point is, so Jake was like, yeah, good luck. If we spill on our shirts, it's over. As yeah. men, we all know we're going to spill on our shirts. So we didn't do it. Yeah. Before we get off this island, before we hop that bird to Maui. Yes. I'm going to Jack, because I don't think there's a Jack in Maui. I could be wrong. No,
1: I don't think there is but i'm God, going jack on the box is so good dude. i'm going
0: diesel d what's up my man diesel he says hey guys d.
1: oh hey dude uh there's
0: a dog here oh well, hi dude. um hi. diesel my d friend. says that yeah like a dog just walked yeah, up hey, don't hi. know where it came from uh hey guys i missed you uh friday and this morning glad you're on here now love your content i really look up to you both you have helped me become a better man every day great content and everyday knowledge wow Diesel D, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate that, man. That's yeah, huge. Thank that. you. Uh Mark Mark Hale says, I would rather have the Utes win than eat at In N Out. My man. My man. My man.
1: So wait, is losing what is losing to Florida equivalent to? Like in burger terms? Is losing to Florida equivalent to oh, a McDonald's, a Big McDonald's Mac. quarter pounder oh. Big Mac garbage? Like
0: I don't I I cannot tell you the last the only thing I ever eat at McDonald's is breakfast. I do not eat their burgers.
1: What fast food place did you have a ton of hype about but let you down in the end like Utah did?
0: The place where you get the, the uh orange chicken, the the fast food um Chinese food. Um oh my god. Panda Express? Yes. Panda Express. That place sucks. <laughs> I am not a Panda <laughs> Express guy. <laughs> this is a
1: code ton of board. Look,
0: you ask. I uh, answer.
1: you know, the Lord's Chicken Place. Uh, you know, that fast food place.
0: Yeah, Panda Express. Yeah. <laughs> now I Panda Express was such a letdown. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. We never. You remember go to Panda do you Panda guys remember the elephant bar? Vaguely? Oh, the elephant bar. I got the dude, the food poisoning at Elephant Bar was real. <laughs> like, disappointing. I'm a huge short rib fan. Okay. So by the way, at the wedding, my sister in law was—we're here for a wedding, right? Poorly timed. Did she not check the football schedule? Yeah, duh. Um, they Maybe had great food until yes, there was they, a torrential downpour. Okay,
1: where does mac salad rank on your favorite oh foods god. in life?
0: Oh my god! Because
1: the mac salad at this wedding was truly incredible. <laughs> like we're talking about. So this wedding last night, right? It's pouring. Just I'm talking about like open up the floodgates, pouring rain, and we're sitting under this tent. And everyone, it's probably, I don't know, 50 people maybe, if that. And we're all eating the, the food that was catered for the wedding. And it was good food. The best part of the food was the mac salad.
0: It was amazing. And
1: everyone's like, save the mac salad so it doesn't get flooded. They literally took the bowl and put it on a table. Who's,
0: who's got the best mac salad?
1: Um, God, what's uh, the, oh my, Mo Betta's. Betis. Oh yeah, Mo Bettis. Mo Betis has the best yeah. max out in my. Mo Bettis is amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, now we're arguing over burgers. Uh, Sir Ra- Sir Robin says Panda does suck. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Come on. Uh, Mark Hales. <laughs> Mark's on a food kick. He says Ute's losing is like eating some French peach pie. Peach pie. This
1: is Coach Saban.
0: I like it. Uh, mac Mize says just roll the Post Malone hot ones clip. Nuff said. What a burger is the champ. Champ. Oh, no. please. No
1: please no, no
0: cam harrison says now i want jack in the box as you should uh matt turley says habit grill is better than all the burgers i will tell you the whataburger at the habit the whataburger at the habit no i'm sorry the impossible burger at the habit <laughs> it's early yes. uh the impossible burger at the habit yeah pretty dang good dude yeah it is pretty good pretty dang good yeah like a dog just walked up that was weird uh let's see t uh tachisney man tachini man says casuals getting cut. cut hello do you even lift i drink too much uh tachini man casuals getting cut close your ears with all this food talk seriously
1: and as you can see there's not much hope seriously. for you
0: left whoa renee roca says panda is goat
1: Bro, get the hell oh, out of here with that. No, Panda's not good. No, you, it's not. You might are you going to have to block him now? Because, I might. You know. I might. Uh yeah.
0: Mark Stone says if you want the best burger, it's Habit Burger Grill better than in and out and Whataburger. Okay, Listen, what about
1: Five Guys? N-
0: five guys is on a different level that's gourmet burger fair enough okay i am i still maintain the best burger and fast food is jack in the box yes there's just no doubt about it yes uh matt turley says the blue iguana is utah football sounds cool from the outside but it's extremely overrated and it has no real substance wow okay matt that was aggressive You're not Are wrong. people myriad? You ain't wrong. Uh, M. Morris says, Polynesians make the best mac salad, no question. Totally, oh, agree. By totally agree. By far. Totally agree. By far. Totally agree. You want to gain weight, marry into a Polynesian family. Because uh, <laughs> the food is off the chain. Yes. Uh, DW2CB says, uh, the Habit Burger at Whataburger is amazing also. Okay. Please let that be a real thing that I misspoke into life. Josh Levern says, Panda uses goat more like... Use it well. There you go. Panda uses. I am not a Panda Express guy at all. Mac My says, "What do y'all think of A Humbling moment. Might have to take a, a, the under total. Is there under eight and a half wins? That can't be true. For That's Texas not true. A&M? That's not true. Bro. Now I have to look. If you get if you get them, you gotta go over that. Is is that right? What? Eight and a half. No, Texas A&M 131, nothing. What are you talking about? Yeah. What do you mean, humbling moment? What did I miss, Mac Mize? Um, let's see. DW2 says, uh, I hear that Papa Murphy's has a great burger. That's a lie. They only do pizza. Use promo code Monty 25 uh, Renee Rocha says, Jack in the crack is GOAT. Yes, yes it is. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate that. Mac Mize says, that's what it was set at. That's what it was set at.
1: Oh, you're saying that their win total before the season was set at eight and a half, and you're saying that—that's after- a humbling moment. Got you. Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay. Rod Smith says that uh, the Rock didn't misbehave during the v- volleyball game. Tom. Well, I don't know who Tom is. <coughs> uh, Kay Nuren says when in Hawaii, do not eat anything but Hawaiian. Probably yeah, I mean, true.
1: listen, we had fish last night. We had mac salad. Like the fish you know, was really good. The fish actually. was really good. The food good. at this
0: wedding was dude. The
1: pulled pork, incredible. Absolutely incredible the
0: fried rice
1: fried rice was good the mac salad mac salad was good
0: although i gotta tell you one thing we gotta talk about what you name your salad dressings (laughs) there was a moment of consternation at the wedding okay probably because i'm woke they called it oriental dressing the (coughs) the the name tag on this salad dressing said oriental dressing i'm like dude bro what are you talking about oriental man? is not the proper uh, L- nomenclature yeah, sir
1: what what is oriental like when did that mean? become okay, L- okay man.
0: that's like a it, that's like a slanderous word yeah
1: i mean what like, would you have preferred to call it like Thousand sesame Island? no call it
0: sesame dressing because what was it it was sesame dressing you can't call it oriental dressing
1: yeah you cannot do I, that i mean i guess i mean it's their wedding right yeah well i mean the caterer
0: you know Uh, let's see. Justin Bingham says Cafe Rio is the best thing going right now. I, Hey man, (laughs) just get two two chicken, two chicken tacos with
1: rice and black beans. And what's really interesting. And I think Cafe Rio is brilliant for this. They put one after security in the Salt Lake airport. So you can carry on Cafe Rio to the plane. Oh, and it was packed. Absolutely. Positively. Brilliant.
0: It was packed. Brilliant. Packed. Packed. All right. Uh, let's see. Mark Stone says I agree Jack in the Box wish they were in Utah they're about to be
1: they're the coming way. with like 25 locations apparently yeah I agree
0: uh, Boyd Lake says Orient means East guys no Oriental that
1: may mean Oriental means Oriental that it's is a
0: yeah Oriental is a is an inflammatory word well, call me, you're me. calling you can't no you can't. You can't do that. Uh, MacMy says, uh, but yes, win total for the season was eight and a half. I don't know where everyone was picking them to win the SEC West. I think Arkansas may steamroll them. Losing Mike Elko was a big loss for
1: them. It was, it was. But I mean, I mean, how ends. good are we thinking Arkansas is going to be this year, bro? Like are, Arkansas I mean, could like be a people... Arkansas.
0: But I, we talked about this last week. I think Arkansas yeah. can be a ten win team. Yeah, they can. You know, like I mean, yeah, it, it, it yeah, absolutely, you can. Uh, K Nuren says we need Hawaii and San Diego in the Big Twelve. No, please, come on, man. No, the travel alone, and then do you know how much weight I would gain like going to Hawaii and San Diego for the Mexican so check food? Yourself. The Mexican food Cafe in San Diego. Coyote. Oh my God, I, I come on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Edwin says, I'm late, but Burley Burger in Ogden is the best local burger. Bur- Everybody says it. I haven't been to Burley Burger. We should go. Maybe when we go uh, to see our friends at the barbecue pit stop in Logan yeah. to pick up the box, we'll uh, go by there. By the, the way, barbecue pit stop, um, you have this week.
1: Yes, that's it. And
0: then we're going to swoop in and pick up all the boxes to enter to win the uh, BYU Shamrock Series driveway to see BYU in wow, Notre Dame. Wow. Um, in Las Vegas on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates Injury Attorneys, UtahAdvocates.com. But uh, make sure you get to any of the five area uh, barbecue pit stop locations in Utah.